Ed Sharon Castle on the Hill. Quarter to eight on Jet Set Breakfast. My technical producer, Phineas, is just naughty, naughty, naughty. And my producer and Josh, they're laughing. They asked me if I ever had an encounter with Ed Sharon in my little uh, short space of time when I was in the UK. And I, and I told them the truth. I, I, I just think he is just so cute. And if he was my age group, I think, you know. I know, I could have tried something, but I'm just too old. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Maybe in my next life. Anyway, moving right along, uh, let's get a bit more serious now. Of course, I joined the conversation, and we are about to talk about insomnia. Oh, my goodness. A lot of us have been struggling to sleep, and I know this for a fact, because I'm sure one in maybe five people struggles to sleep, and if I'm wrong, I stand to be corrected. Now, this is, I'm just, yeah, I'm just thinking that's just my number. Uh, not that it's been researched and, be, and documented. But anyway, are you struggling with insomnia? Understanding symptoms, causes, and when to seek treatment. So, it, you know, insomnia is a condition where you just struggle to sleep. And I don't know, understand why. From just experience, it happens between 12 midnight and 4 a.m. or around 2, you just wake up and sleep just does not come. And maybe then sleep starts coming around about 4 or 6 and you are about to get ready to either go to work. And it just disturbs that whole cycle of productivity. But anyway, I do have uh, Dr. Alison Bentley, a sleep expert online. Maybe she can help us understand. Good morning and a warm welcome to Jet Set Breakfast. Morning, morning. So insomnia has just become the thing. And the older you get, it's like every other person you speak to kind of like struggles with sleeping. Mm, mm. Well, it certainly gets more, more common as you get older. And there's certain key events that I think we can look at that will make insomnia more likely. So certainly as you become an adult and you get more stress in your life, then you're more likely to have to struggle to sleep. So um, and then when you move into things like menopause or you move into retirement um, and as you get older, your sleep does get lighter, it gets shorter, um, you tend to wake up more often and those are just natural changes that occur with sleep. So there are kind of these key things that can increase the risk of insomnia. But I think it's important when we talk about insomnia that there's two really big, diff two types really. The one is acute insomnia and I think everybody has had a life stress event. So even if it's exams at varsity or, you know, somebody died in the family or there's, or you're changing jobs or you're moving um, and you would have like difficulty sleeping for a couple of nights, maybe, you know, up to a week. But as soon as that stress is over, then your sleep comes back. And, and that's acute insomnia. And many people suffer from that. I mean, I think you're right, like probably one in five people over the course of their lifetime is likely to have some trouble with sleep. Mm. The mm. chronic insomnia is something completely different, and that's when it becomes, it becomes kind of what we call self-sustaining. So it just kind of keeps itself going, right? You, 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 you don't really have any cause. So a lot of people who come to see me will say, I don't understand why I can't sleep, but there's nothing like really bothering me right now. Um, and chronic insomnia is defined as a difficulty in sleeping. There's a difficulty in daytime function, so there has to be that. So if you're not struggling during the day, you don't have insomnia. And then it kind of goes on for at least three months. 
then we would kind of say it's chronic insomnia. And that there's a lot fewer people. So it's probably about 5% to 10% of the population have that kind of insomnia. Mm. Very Uh, different things. I know. I I also want to, 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 you know, I think for you to break down for me when we come back from the break, the different types of lack of sleep and when do we... Uh, you know, give it that title or that name to say now it's insomnia when we get back. Let's just take a small break and we'll be back. And uh, we are talking to Dr. Alison Bentley, sleep expert, and, uh, you know, touching on um, struggling with sleep or maybe you are struggling with insomnia. Now, uh, Doc, you've highlighted the three aspects of sleep, which is trouble sleep, uh, falling asleep, waking in the middle of the night, battling to go back to sleep and waking too early in the morning. When you, you, were, you were also explaining just before the break when it's, it's, it's now chronic. And mm. maybe let's just, let's just touch base on that. So the thing about the symptoms of sleep, so as you said, you know, difficulty falling asleep, so going to bed, lying awake for hours and hours, trying to fall asleep, waking up and, and, and waking up too early. Most people have more than one of those. So it used to be that, like, if you couldn't, if you were battling to fall asleep, that must be anxiety. If you wake up in the middle of the night, that must be depression. So people have tried to kind of link one symptom with one diagnosis. The problem is there are so many different things that can cause insomnia that it's not that easy. So certainly, if you're stressed and you go to bed and your head is racing with thoughts, you know, and you're upset or grieving or whatever the thing is, it's difficult to fall asleep because to fall asleep, you have to be sleepy. That's the first thing. You have to be comfortable. So you've got to have a good, a bed, good bed to sleep on. You've got to have good temperature, good, not, not too much noise, etc. You've got to be safe. So that's also important. And then you have to be able to let go. And it's that last little thing. If you're anxious and you're stressed that you can't just relax into sleep, you know? So it, it, it's certainly true that there are some symptoms, but if you look at the range of things that can cause insomnia, so things like medical problems, so if you are, have chronic pain, arthritis, if you have, if you have battling to breathe, for example, um, things like HIV can cause insomnia, um, then you look at the medical, and then you look at medications that people take, so anyone who takes um, steroids for anything, um, mm. that often interferes with sleep, cholesterol-lowering la- uh, agents, they interfere with sleep. Then you've got sleep apnea and snoring. So if you snore and you stop breathing at night, that can cause insomnia. Restless leg syndrome can cause insomnia, you know, and so on and so on and so on. There are just so many things that can cause insomnia that we don't worry about the symptoms all that much. But you can see how each of them would result in less hours being asleep at night. Mm. And that's the key thing for insomnia. So is it advisable then to take sleeping tablets? Well, sleeping tablets can be very useful in the short term. You know, if you've had a couple of nights of really bad sleep and you're really not in a good space, and we're talking about people whose productivity is low, their mood is very bad, they're just feeling desperate because they can't sleep, then certainly for a couple of nights taking a sleeping tablet, it's not a solution, but it's kind of a stopgap. And like, let's get some sleep and then let's look at what actually is, is the problem is and let's deal with that more specifically. Certainly for chronic insomnia, sleeping tablets are not a solution. They, again, it's a bit like putting a plaster over a saw and pretending it's not there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so, yes, you'll sleep with a sleeping tablet, and they work very well, um, but they're not, they're not a solution because they just, you still have 
whatever's causing the sleep problem underneath. Now, there certainly can be a solution if you have a medical condition that you cannot treat. So, for example, in patients who have cancer, they may have severe pain from that cancer and they can't sleep. It is better for them to have sleep than to suffer with that kind of problem, right? So, so those kind of patients, yes, a sleeping tablet may be the only thing you can do because you can't treat the underlying problem. But the treatment for long-term insomnia is not sleeping tablets. It's looking at the behaviors that you have around your sleep. It's looking at your thinking around sleep. Because people who have insomnia are super anxious about their sleep. So understand, you have anxiety anyway, and now you're anxious about your sleep, and then you don't sleep because you're anxious about your sleep. I mean, it's, it just becomes a crazy thing that's happening. So the, it's called CBTI, so it's Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. That's the recommended treatment because there's a long-term improvement in sleep and a reduction in the amount of sleeping tablets that you need to take. Mm. And um, let's look at solutions uh, and how you can you can manage this particular problem. Mm. So, so often, you know, we are advised, no, go and drink tea or drink warm milk or maybe mm. exercise just before you sleep. For some people it works, for some people it doesn't work. What's the best way to kind of like a generic way to manage yes. and to, you, you, to calm yourself down so that you, have, you are able to sleep? Yeah, I think it's really important to prepare yourself for sleep. I mean, as I think what we do very much now is we don't, we don't have enough rest. We don't think that rest is important. So we kind of busy, 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 busy. Then whatever time it is, half past nine, we kind of go, okay, let me switch off the laptop and let me go to bed. And there's been no time for your brain to kind of rest, to kind of get into a zone where it's ready to go to sleep. So you certainly do need, and it's not hours and hours, you need half an hour to an hour max to kind of just chill, just just get rid of the day, kind of watch a movie, for example, watch a series, um, do a bit of meditation, do a bit of reading, go to bed, get yourself sorted, do you know what I mean, and then go to sleep. Yeah. I think it's really important, but also that you've got to be sleepy when you go to bed, right? I find a lot of people now go to bed because it's 10 o'clock and apparently bedtime, like an 11th commandment somewhere, that I have to go to bed at 10. And I said to them, are you sleepy when you go to bed? And they go, no, not really. And I kind of go, why do you go to bed? And they go, because it's bedtime, right? Yeah. If you're not sleepy when you go to bed or have some way to make you sleepy, and that is reading, meditating, something like that. If you don't have something to make you sleepy, why are you going to battle to sleep? Because your brain isn't ready to go to sleep. So that's a key thing to be actually sleepy when you go to bed. And it may mean that you go to bed an hour later. Um, but, and, and then, of course, what that does to some people, it makes them even more anxious because now they have even less time to sleep. Yeah. But if you go to bed an hour later and you actually are feeling sleepy, you know, that kind of feeling like I can't read anymore because my eyes are closing, that kind of sleepy, well, then you're much more likely to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Let me just take one voice note before we go to the news. Um, let's take a voice note. Uh, when she says chronic insomnia, chronic does it mean it's deadly? Is it fatal? Mm. Another question. Um, I, I, I read something in the past few days that um, when you perhaps want to take a pee and you just woken up, don't stand up immediately and go and take a pee. Take a few seconds, maybe about to a minute. You just sit up and um, sort of uh, wait a little bit until you 
literally come to your senses and 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 just stand up and walk towards the bathroom um, i mean is that true or or else you might die because <laughs> saying that the the oxygen hasn't gone through to your brains and stuff like that so you might die from just waking up instantly this is Baba from the Eastern Cape. Thank you. Okay, Doc. Okay, let me answer that. So chronic, the word chronic does not mean deadly at all. What chronic means as a medical term, chronic means that it's just been lasting for a long time. Okay, so insomnia is not deadly. It is not fatal. You are not going to die from it. Um, but you can, I mean, saying you can't die from it, it's not it, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if you're super sleepy during the day and you're driving, yeah, that's potentially a problem, right? And potentially can cause uh, significant consequences. But chronic doesn't mean deadly. So I think that's really important to understand. Secondly, the issue about oxygen not being, not being there once you wake up. Your brain is so good at maintaining your oxygen when you're asleep, maintaining your breathing, that your oxygen really doesn't vary at all when you're asleep compared to when you're awake unless you have sleep apnea and snoring, and that is when you stop breathing at night, then obviously your oxygen is affected. But for normal people, we go to sleep, so in Johannesburg, our oxygen is sitting at about 92%. We go to sleep at 92%, it's maintained at 92% the whole way through the night, and you wake up at 92% in the morning. So there's no drop in oxygen when you're asleep normally. Well, Doctor, I, that that. I think it has. It has in a nutshell. Thank you so much for joining us on Jet Set Breakfast. I think it answers quite a few questions for us. And of course, like you highlighted, sleeping tablets are not necessarily the answer. Thank you so much no. and have yourself a great Saturday ahead. Okay, great pleasure. Cheers. Bye-bye for now. That's Dr. Alison Bentley, sleep expert and uh, chatting about insomnia. It's now time for news. Just gone after eight.